content warning. Uh, we're basically basically going to spend this entire episode talking about depression and mental health. So uh, just be forewarned about that. Uh, super crucial and important is that neither Kelsey nor I are licensed or certified or medical professionals in any sense of the word. I mean, I'm self-appointed. Does that count for anything? I don't even think you can make jokes about oh, it okay, during sorry. this announcement. No, I'm not self-appointed either. <laughs> I have nothing. Uh, so, you know, don't I take... have a liberal arts degree. Yeah, and I don't even have a degree. Um, so this is just based on our own personal experiences, thoughts, opinions. what have you. Yes. That said... If you or... Someone you know are experiencing suicidal thoughts, urges, tendencies. Uh, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And that's available 24 hours a day. Again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Thanks and enjoy the show. Or whatever your form of joy is. <laughs> Is it recording? Can you please tell me your name, age, location, Five. job? Hi, this is Kelsey, and I'm joined by my lovely husband. Introduce yourself. I am Ian. And you're not happy with me right now. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. We're in a good place. We're in a good place emotionally, spiritually, relationshipally. Relationshipally. I wanted to have a conversation with you about depression, mental health. Why me? Um, <laughs> a question you ask yourself every day. Um, I just wake up every morning and stare <laughs> up at the ceiling. Why and just, me? Why me? Um, no, I, we had an interesting experience last year in our relationship and as individuals. And I've just been thinking a lot about it. And I kind of wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you. And I am also someone who now forgets a lot of things. So I wanted to record it. That early onset. So that we have it. I have that early, early onset Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, first case. Congratulations to me, question mark. Um, and so, yeah. So what? Oh, I thought you were pointing at me to do something. But um, no. Ian's not super happy with me right now you're because you explain the context yeah i had said i wanted to disease. have a conversation about depression and you again often are very game to have <laughs> no you are you are open you are open about having depression and having had it in your life uh-huh and so i thought you would be open to having this conversation. My mistake was saying I was going to interview you. You didn't like that. No, it's not that I don't like the idea of being the center of attention and the one who gets asked the questions. Uh, it's just that the subject matter, like I get defensive about it. Cause I like, yeah. when we talk about it in general or like as a part of another conversation or like when we're recording the podcast or something, it's a different feel because it's like, oh, and then I'll interject something about like depression. And then it's kind of like it gives me an opportunity to poke fun at it or yeah. to. It's almost make... like a character you've developed. No, it's real. I know it's real, but I'm saying like 
you put on this character where it's like, it's funny that I have depression. Let's make jokes about the depression. Yeah, because it's some um, as it, a way to cope with it. Sure, because at some at some point, like you know, all you can really do is laugh at it. Sure. Yeah. But I do want to provide background context. Sure. Is that okay with you? Yeah, yeah, go for it. And Ian has already told me that he will tell me, because I asked him before, like, is there anything that's off the table? And he was like, I will tell you when we when we hit that. Yeah. So I don't know. We will find out Never together. Never ask me about Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> um, so Kelsey? I'm not going to ask you about... <laughs> Um, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, I so the context I want to provide is first off, like, so you, how long do you think you've had depression for? And you have clinical depression, right? Yeah. Okay. And do you think you've? I think I've asked you that once before. Like, were you preteen? Like, do you remember what age? Uh, no. You don't remember. I mean, my whole life. I don't you, know what type, your what, whole life you you believe nah, you've had it. Whatever their onset, uh, typical like adolescent <coughs> onset is, I guess so like twelve or thirteen yeah. is probably when I can pinpoint like knowing that something was not right. But I don't know. I don't really remember my childhood well enough to say like definitively or not. I did or did not feel anything. Uh, okay. Off. And does depression <coughs> run in your family at all? Well, I wouldn't say it runs so much as it <laughs> slowly couch, walks, uh, watches TV, <laughs> plays video games, and eats pizza in my family. But yeah, that there. Um, but there is like other people in your family have dealt with it, battled with it, whatever word you want to use with it. Yeah, I I know for certain my dad did, but mm-hmm. I I don't. I mean, I think my dad had um, his own litany of problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which was more situational depression like he would get depressed at times but like not i mean i don't have i haven't had this conversation with him and i don't really need to but i don't know if he has it in the same way that like i have it or if he has just a response to uh things he finds upsetting that just triggers him into going into a depressive state i see okay um, I remember, well, I guess before we get into that, no, we can get into that. I was going to say, I remember when you told, do you remember when you told me that you had depression when we first started dating? Like when and where we were? I don't specifically remember, but I'm pretty sure I remember the speech that I gave you because that's a speech that I gave to anyone who I felt the need to tell that about myself. And this speech is just something along the lines of like, this is something... Uh, yeah. I have or yeah I think I was like you know like I am it's not something that I like to talk about very much or like I don't like to bring it up with people mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like it just opens you up to being looked at a different way mm-hmm. and I feel like that's changed considerably in the last like 10 years not just you know with you but just society in general yeah uh, but like yeah like you know you don't really just want to go around like I'm depressed and everyone's like oh I don't know what they would do. No, like no. I, just, it, I think you're 100% right when there used to be a different connotation to it than there is today. Yeah, and I don't even play guitar, so it's not like I can, <laughs> you know, funnel that into something creative. A song. I will say, and I, you kind of touched on it, but, like, I definitely remember me not understanding. And, like, I'm sure I have met and 
people before you who either dealt with it clinic like you know long term or situationally or whatever yeah but i'd never heard anyone like vocally give it a name or like tell me that and i remember <laughs> no but i remember uh, like and now i feel embarrassed right because i'm more aware and educated about it but i think i did say something along the lines of like oh well like you just need to xyz like work out more have a hobby live more whatever like yeah. because i didn't i didn't understand and like my only um uh, uh things i had seen around depression were like truly just in like movies right when a woman's like broken up with and it's like right. i'm depressed yeah. and i'm eating ice cream and i'm on the couch and then she does something and it's like oh life is happy and worth living again right. and so that was e pray love Sure, but that was all I had really known, and so I didn't understand it. Yeah, and I think that, like, at that time, I guess, like, e, there was a misunderstanding between being sad and being depressed. Yeah. And, like, oh, if you're sad, like, yeah, go do these things to, like, take your mind off of it or to, like, help you process it. But it's, like, you know, just being sad, full stop, I, I feel like, you know, it's it's some... Um, external stressor or some external cause where once you understand how to eliminate that thing or you know work your way through it or cope with it or what have you like then you lose the um impetus for being sad and then you stop being sad but like it's hard to explain I get, again I think it's gotten better uh because now depression is cool but I think that like it was difficult to explain to people who didn't already understand like, Oh no, 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 no. Like there's not like go work out more, go eat better, yeah. go do this thing. It's like, I'm, I'm always going to feel like this. Yeah. And like, while there are things that I can do to make me not feel as bad as, you know, all the time, like I do, I'm always going to feel bad. <laughs> like, and, and that's, that's kind of just it. I think it, the thing that people, and I didn't understand that. Like I really didn't at that time. Yeah. I, I think the thing that people have um, a difficulty understanding is the finality of it, where it's like, it's always not a present. No, no, no. I mean, like when I talk about it or when I like try to present the idea that like, this is just it and full stop, like it's mm. not, but if I did this or if it's, it's like, no, 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 no. Like that's it done. It's right. Like, this. Yeah. I think people don't cannot. feel comfortable with that. People yeah. don't like finality of anything. Right. So. I mean, we didn't like the finality of Lost. We didn't like the finality of cats. Seinfeld. We didn't like the finality of Sopranos, but it took us a few years to get <laughs> I've over I've never, it. I don't know that I've ever watched any of those. Or I've watched parts of them, but I've never seen them all the way through. I've never actually watched Sopranos. Okay. I just <clears throat> didn't care for the ending. Okay. Um, Mad Men, <clears throat> that's one. I never saw it. I never saw it either, but or I know I never people, saw it past like the third season. I didn't watch any of it. I uh, that's a story for another day anyways um and did you like when you were in high school did you tell any of your friends or like did your friends know that you were depressed I guess I'm wondering like were people at that age able to at that time like grasp what you're saying I don't think I said it to anyone like explicitly but I did wear all black and <laughs> eyeliner so I think this they knew is true um did you ever have conversations with your mom or your father about it? Just in general. I know, or I'll let you say. Go ahead. Sorry. My who? 
Did you ever have a conversation <laughs> with your mother? Uh, I don't think we ever had a formal discussion mm-hmm. about it. I'm sure it's something that's come up before. Um, but I think that... I mean, she knew I was in, obviously she knew I was in therapy and like, cause she would have to drive me to it. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, she knew something was wrong and I'm sure we talked about it in the context of her giving me a ride to and from therapy, but there was never like a, you know, her asking me to explain it. Sure. I think that, I don't know. I don't, this isn't true or but I think that, like, there might be some level of, like, her feeling like it's a shortcoming on her side of things. That, like, I feel this way or, you know, my sister feels the way that she does. But that's not, you know, true at all. Because, again, like, we could have had the most perfect, um, idyllic childhoods and lives growing up. Uh, but we still would have had this part of us that couldn't you know, fully appreciate it. Yeah. So it's her genetics fault. <laughs> it's not her, her actions. Yes. She's a wonderful mother. Yeah. Um, Love you, mom. Don't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> I don't think she would. Um, based on the FaceTime that you guys had this past weekend where she needed help with her Disney plus, I can't imagine that she's going to figure out how to get to this podcast. <laughs> if it becomes a <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, and I just want to provide a little context on my part now of I am someone who I've definitely gone to therapy like on and off throughout my life. My when I was younger, we moved a lot and then like we had this big move to California and all of my family was on the East Coast and I just felt very like taken away from everyone and I was really upset at my parents. So that's the first time I can remember where they like put me in therapy. Um, and my aunt who I'm very close with is a therapist and my grandfather is one. So, and my mom has always like, she would see a therapist. So I was very comfortable with the idea of it. Like I didn't have any, uh, there was no stigma around it for me, like the therapy part. However, mm-hmm. I, I feel that there maybe was, I don't know if stigma is the right word, but I don't know that my family ever really talked about like mental health stuff. So as I said to you, like the con- like I knew of depression in concept, but I'd never like, you know, heard anyone give voice to it. And, but this, like, I want to say three years ago was my mom's stroke, right? 2016? Yeah. Yeah. So three years ago, my mom had a major stroke. I was at work about to go on a Christmas break. Ian and I were going to go to New York to see our friends and some family. Um, And I got a call that my dad had found my mom at home and we didn't know what happened, but she like wasn't speaking and she was kind of banged up because she had fallen uh, and rushed her to the hospital. And then I found out that she suffered a a big stroke and so I flew out there and I think just at some point I decided to stay I actually don't really do you remember at all like at what point it was like I think I'm gonna stay here for a while just to like be here for my parents and like I don't 
really think there's ever a question of whether or not you were going to make that decision. So I don't know if there was like a conversation that was like, I'm going to stay out yeah. here. And it's like talking about it. I think that conversation was like, you know, do I go to New York still? Because <laughs> like, we, well, like, I think I yeah. just felt so paralyzed, and it felt like this weird thing. Because also, I think that my dad, like, obviously, he was doing it from a protective standpoint, but I think that he was like, I remember him being like, "You don't need to come," or like something. He didn't say it like those words, but something along the lines of like, "I don't need to." race out there or anything like that and so i was like i had already started packing for new york like the day before or whatever and so i think i yeah. was very paralyzed of like what do i do and like we don't even know what is going to happen to my mom and what like what her recovery or what she's lost so anyway so i went out there and wound up staying for four or five months yeah it was a long was it it, it was, was like December it, I know it was months. I don't remember exactly how long it was. March or April, because then I also like went back and forth for like a month or so as I went back to work. Because I was also on a hiatus between seasons for my show. So it like had worked out as well. Yeah. Um anyways, so my mom had her stroke and the stroke essentially wiped out her ability to speak. Mm -hmm. and uh, she's, like, physically fully recovered. I mean, she says she experiences some, like, less feeling on the right side, but, like, if you see her, like, you've seen her, does she look like she has anything... No. Yeah, physically wrong with her. But she can't really speak, and I also think she... Well, she has aphasia, which means sometimes she has a hard time, like, processing or understanding, or, like, say she wanted to ask us what time it is, she might say what clock... Because, like, yeah. clock is a close word to time, so. Um, but that's not an issue understanding. That's an issue with translating those yes, ideas thank and that you. understanding right. into language. You're right. So, and I'm very close with my family, and I was especially close with my mom. And I was out there at first, and I think it was just more of, like, this treading water thing. So I never really even allowed myself to experience, I think, the, like, grief or loss, even though she was still there. Um, and I went to therapy, but I wasn't, it was just more of like, cause I had no, you know, like no one else in this town. Like my parents moved there after I was in college. I only really knew like my parents in this town in Illinois and like, you know, I didn't have any like friends of my age or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then flash forward, I came back, worked, um, but this past year, 2019, I think was a year that I really started to deal with a lot more of like the grieving in a way. Yeah. And I think it's because I also felt very guilty because like I know many people whose parents are no longer with them. And like I'm fortunate in that my mom is still alive, but it is like this different person and different relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, you know, we got married this year. <laughs> we did we did um and i think that actually was whether or not i realized it at the time was very very the challenging it, it, no it was it was i'm very thankful and happy to be married to you but the you heard planning, it here first she can never <laughs> divorce me the planning process like i think if i look back now like it was challenging because not that i like pictured you know like this is how my wedding will be and blah 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 but my mom was really not there in the way that I think I always 
assume she would be, right? Right. Like, along for every step and decisions and things like that. It really wasn't like that. Um, and so that was really hard. And then there was some other, like, family drama. And, like, my maternal grandmother passed away. And my paternal grandmother got very sick. And she and my grandfather, who I'm close to, like, couldn't come to the wedding. And um, there was just a lot going on. And so I found myself in a very deep depression Mm -hmm. or what I would describe as a deep depression. Did you realize that I was experiencing that or like, was it only after I kind of was partway through it and like gave voice to what I was feeling? Well, I don't think you, I mean, you started, it it wasn't a secret to me that you were going to therapy. So like, no, but I've been going to therapy ever since my mom's stroke. This was a different to me, therapy isn't, like, equated to, like, depression necessarily. Like, for me, I like therapy because it's just someone you can, like, process stuff with, you know? Right. Um, I guess. What? I said I guess. Well, for me, my personal, that's why I like it. Um, and to, like, just work on things or learn things. Um, so, yeah, you knew I'd always been in that. But I don't think that necessarily meant I was dealing with depression. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we talked, so, like, you would let me know that you were feeling down or low or, you know, vulnerable or X, Y, and Z. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it was a very interesting experience for us both to be dealing with depression. Different forms of it, certainly, but dealing with it at the same time. Yeah. Um. Did you feel that it made for any difficult situations or moments or? Well, no, I mean, like, I don't think it, I'm sure there were moments where you and I, like, got into arguments or, like, things came to a head because both of us were, you know, wanting things from each other that we weren't. Capable of? Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, like, it's a pretty heavy shift in the dynamic because, you know, for the, at that point, what, five years we had six been together, years. six years we'd been together, I'm the sad one. I'm yeah. the sad boy. And you're the happy person who doesn't entirely understand depression, so thinks that there's a way <laughs> to just, like, eat healthily and exercise your way out of it. And like That changed along sure, the lines. Come like, on, give me some credit. But, like, that... The dynamic misguided optimism about <laughs> depression. No, the dynamic was, did shift. Yeah, yeah, and so like, like that's something that like I came to appreciate, I guess, and like we're re- not rely on, but just like it was a response that I knew that I was able to like do something with that, and I think that like you know me being sad, like I, I feel like I can help. I don't want to say guide you like it's some like mystical. No, but you were definitely able to shed light for the coincidental shed light on the darkness. Right. Yeah. Um, No, but you were able to, in a way you made me feel less alone because I feel that depression makes, for me, it made me feel very alone and very, very isolated. Right. And very untethered. And you in a way talking about your own depression made me feel a little less alone and more tethered Mm. because I, I was like, okay, I'm not the only one who's experiencing this. And this also is like, not like 
not saying like you know we're all unique people but like oh this isn't like a unique thing that only i am experiencing it felt good to know that like other people have gone through this or felt this right yeah i mean yeah i think that like ian levine's guide to surviving depression (laughs) first off i mean almost 30 minutes into this thing so first off doesn't really qualify but I should very much define the type of depression that I have uh, because I don't have major depressive disorder, uh, which is characterized by periods of between two to two weeks to six months of very intense episodes of depression. And then when you're not in those episodes of depression, you can live a relatively normal and happy ish life is not what I have. Uh, I have dysthymia, which basically means that, like, I just have, like, a low level. I'm just, like, always sad. Uh, and if you, like, you know, made a spectrum from happiness to sadness or whatever, uh, where happiness is 10 and, you know, sadness is negative 10 or something, like, I just constantly hover around, like, negative 2, negative 3, or, you know, negative 3, negative 4. So, like, I never... Humble brag. Yeah. I guess. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, you know, there are periods where I, it, it'll get worse, but I've never, you know, I've never been, like, suicidal or anything. Um, oh, that's a lie. Um, I haven't been suicidal or seriously considering it in a number of years, and it isn't a thing that's happened more than twice, maybe. Um, <laughs> deep cuts. Uh <laughs> 13 reasons why i call us yeah i know right um uh but like yeah so like i i just i just am constantly sad so it's not like i don't i i guess this is the the finality thing of it that um i have learned to handle where it's just like well this is really just who i am and so my coping mechanisms, I don't feel like are necessarily coping mechanisms. It's more so just like survival. No, it's not survival. It's just like it's like saying that a person with one arm has coping mechanisms. Like, no, they just live the life mm. of a person with one arm. Like, no, right. I, I just can't experience sadness. So I live the life of or sorry. Very much, <laughs> it's very I much can't the opposite. Experience happiness in a way that I think other people who don't have this do. Um and that's it. Like, so I lived the life of a person who can't experience that. So like, I think that like with you. Mine is situational. Yeah, I guess, I guess I don't, I mean like it sounds like there's something there already that like maybe gets exacerbated by yeah. external stressors, but sure. But I think that like when you get into these, when you are in a period where it is particularly bad as you have been like i think that you it it becomes this like downward spiral and this you know negative feedback loop where you're like i feel sad and that makes me sad and because i feel sad about being sad it makes me sad and then you just get into this like negative headspace where it just kind of begets itself and begets itself versus me someone who is just constantly sad it's like oh i don't i don't feel bad about my sadness like i just am so what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that like my you know carefree attitude towards just constantly being depressed is helpful. I guess I don't know if it's me like actually being carefree and like 
being okay with it and like you know it's being accepting yeah i don't depre- i have depression depression doesn't have me kind of thing um or <laughs> if it's just me like absolutely doing everything that i can to avoid uh addressing any of the underlying problems at hand I have a therapy appointment. No, I don't. I have Kaiser, <laughs> so I don't have therapy appointments. I have an appointment with my GP tomorrow over uh, the phone, over FaceTime, where I'm basically going to say, like, you know, can I get antidepressants now, please? It's been 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so Thanks. That's something I do, I do want to talk about. But before that. A word from our sponsors. There are no sponsors. Um, hey. I'm sponsoring you through your depression. Thank you. Um, so we went on a honeymoon or like a mini honeymoon in it's August. It's more of like a crescent honeymoon, you know, not the full a thing. A crescent moon. Yeah. Um, and we came back and I want to say like probably not long after. Actually, maybe it was a month later, but I f- think I got to the point where I told you I wanted to see a doctor. Mm-hmm. Because I was still going to therapy, not with, like, extreme frequency, because my therapist at this point was out of network, so I was having to pay out of pocket, which is not easy to do, um, They say you can't put a price on mental health, but it, I'm but here to tell you, can. you can. Um, and that was challenging. That was really challenging. And so I was like, I would like to try and increase that, but I also want to see a doctor because I'm feeling like I'm doing, trying to do other things and it's not working. Um, and also quite honestly, my mom had gone on some medication cause she also has, you know, when you have brain trauma, like they say that you often can experience depression afterwards or different like things like that. And, um, Stop touching your head. You don't have brain trauma. Um, But she went on it, and I saw it have a really positive effect on her. Mm. And so I went to the doctor, and, you know, we just talked about it, but we were like, let's check back in. And then I ultimately decided with her for me to go on medication. Um, And I was really embarrassed why i it's funny i'm like i had no issue with like therapy and like telling people i go to therapy or anything like that but for me kind of in the way that you described like your mom maybe thinking how you feel is a failure on her part which we we were just hypothesizing um i think i felt like medication had a stigma and like was i doing something wrong by not by needing it Right. And no, but I know, yeah. I know. I'm just telling you, they're not logical things always, but it was something I felt. And then I went on the medication and felt a lot better and also came to realize that I have a lot of anxiety that I never really had put voice to. And what's that face? Um, the, Sorry, I realize people can't see when I shake my head. Okay. Well, for me, the medication, that was actually the thing I wasn't expecting was how much it would help my anxiety. I think I just went in being like, I just need to feel a little bit. I need to feel, for me, it wasn't even like I need to feel happiness or feel better. It was like, I need to feel stabilized. Even if it's a low, how I'm feeling, I need to feel stabilized because things felt so 
out of control and like so roller coastery and mm-hmm. just like I was crying every day over different things and it just felt like I couldn't like I was constantly like trying to step on jello floors and couldn't get my footing and I was like I just need some stability while I work through stuff because I can't I can't ha- like I was just having the hardest time with that I as you said stepping on jello floors I just started imagining what it would be like to be like stand on jello floors but the jello is uh has infinite depth and then you just start sinking down into it and the like the awfulness of knowing that like you're slowly sinking in jello and if there's only a way that you could eat your way out of it but every movement that you make brings you closer and closer to this and to this infinitely low bottom point uh and so instead you just um I guess slowly suffocate and drown in a pool of jello. Do you think life insurance covers that? I think so, yeah. Okay, great. Um, we'll have to check our policies, of the which co- neither it's of us the have. The original one. Cosby clause, <laughs> but then they added some. Um, but I, I am on medication now, and that was hard for me to tell people in my life. I didn't tell my best friends for a little bit I only recently told my brother a few weeks ago and only really you and my parents knew and Julie I guess Mm -hmm. um and so I kind of wanted to talk to you about that because as we've discussed like we had different forms of depression and 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 so when I you knew I've been going to therapy what what is this face? Oh, I was going to say, we have different forms of depression. Like, yeah, I have cool depression. <laughs> you have weak sauce <laughs> <Yeah>. depression. <laughs> the depression Olympics. Yeah. Um, who's sadder? Um, it's Ian. And yes, it's so Ian. I guess my question is like, how did it feel for you when you saw me doing that and also having like a positive response to being on medication and going to more therapy? Well, the medication and your response to that and, like, your how you change sounds like such a big word. Yeah, it wasn't like a I was a different person, but it just helped to even things out for yeah, me a bit. Yeah, like, that was more encouraging for me and, and, indic- and like, yeah, encouraging for me to uh, to do that myself as well. The you going to therapy thing, like, I, I therapy and I don't... Um, Hi, cat. Therapy and I have a history, and I think what it comes down to is like there's a, a a real difficult for me and difficulty for me in feeling the types of vulnerability that are necessary to helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, part of that is I, I think that there's maybe a few reasons why I actively try and avoid that type of vulnerability in those situations. Uh, and I think what it is is like, like the worst thing I can do is hope for something better. This sounds like super fucking like emo. Uh, but like, it kind of is like, because nothing that I've like really done, like the changes that I've wanted to see or changes that I've wanted to make, like, for me like as a person not just like activities or actions or whatever like have been ultimately ineffective 
And so like the idea of like, oh, well then I'll go to someone and like talk to them and then I'll open up and then we'll help discover strategies. And it's like, yeah, that sounds real nice. But like, I have a pretty, pretty consistent track record of like it not working. And so for me, it's like, I don't, it's like, it is less painful for me to just suffer through it and get through it than it is to hope and work towards a better something and then inevitably fail at that. Like failure is a huge trigger for like me to like actually get down to the lower things. And like the irony of like you tried to better your self or better your, you know, coping or understanding or whatever and it failed it's like great that's the times that like i get you know it's self-perpetuating and you get sad about being sad and you're like well i'll never change and it's kind of like you know i don't know it's kind of accepting that that gets me out of it at some point where it's like yep you're right you will never change what are you gonna do about it still gotta go to work (laughs) i know but i think sometimes And, like, this is a separate part of the discussion I want to have is, like, we've talked about, like, depression as an identity. But before we get to that, I feel like I had a different question about the medication thing. I can't remember. I want to get on medication. I know you do. Um, I, I guess we'll just dive into this other part. So you and I, we went to Portland. Um, Maine. Portland, Oregon. Fuck. In November, because your sister had a baby, and we wanted to meet our nephew. Yes. And see one of your best friends. Yes. Our best friends lives in Portland as well. Yes. And so we wanted to see him. And you and I were driving out of the airport, and I think I asked you something about it, and I don't remember what the exact question was, but I think it was the first time where I was kind of like, how did it, you know, like, what was it like when we both were having depression and yet my depression was, like, this isn't something I'm probably going to deal with forever, maybe, who knows, but for you, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, a thing that came up for us was that depression is a form of identity for you at this point. Uh, no, I don't know. It's, like, a real big part of me, and, like, so yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly what you asked me that yeah spawned that conversation, but um I understand how bad it is or like how uh yeah, bad it is that like I think about it like this. So like I'm not trying to defend my thought pattern. I just know that it is a place that I went and and we can kind of like get into pseudo analyzing why I have that thought pattern. We are not medical professionals. Oh yeah, we're not. Yeah, I, like, I I took intro to psych as did you, I think, and that's it. I yeah, like I thought I was gonna major <laughs> in psychology and then wound up doing linguistics instead. So if there is someone, like we should do a episode or a thing or whatever where we're on the phone with Krista while we do Yeah, that um, would definitely be interesting. And she just says 
Whoa, guys, <laughs> you said what on the last one? We're going to have a whole episode of corrections. Oh, my God. Just go ahead and take that episode down. No, Chris. Okay, so first off, Chris is my aunt, who is the therapist, yes. who I'm very close with. And Ian made the funny. Who can't ch- prescribe us medication just she because can't. we ask her to. Um, I've never asked her to. No. <laughs> but Ian made the joke last week because I'm actually seeing a new therapist, which is a story for another day. But then I called Krista after because I like realized some things I had in, in previous sessions. And Ian's like, okay, so you did double therapy. Is that a good idea for you to go to therapy and then call Krista and do a second round of therapy? It's not always a great idea. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what sorry. What you should do is ignore no, everything. No, Ian, no. But what? continue. So you were going to pseudo-analyze. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I think there were two things. Like, all right, while I appreciate the destigmatization of mental illness, uh, I feel like there is, at the same time, a fetishization of it in that, like, and it's this is, happens, like, with social media or with, like, societal trends or the thing that we care about or the thing that we identify like we culturally identify with for some period of time uh so like i don't expect that this is going to be this is just the zeitgeist like it's not something that's gonna exist with us forever but like man the amount of like memes that i read are like inspirational instagram quotes or things on facebook or people that like genuinely do not seem like they understand what depression or mental health is but instead they are addressing a general sense of sadness where it's Mm -hmm. like yeah like like someone posted a thing that's like if you rearrange the letters of depression it spells i pressed on and that's all you have to do it's like (laughs) no that's that is not at all what depression is it's like it's so dumb because it just it and i don't know well all right so i get a feeling where it's like it has become fashionable to have mental illness because that's the thing that we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. And so people want to... I think to talk about mental health. I don't know that I would say mental illness. Sure. Because it's like you're not hearing people like normalize schizophrenia or like other various things. But I think like depression and anxiety are like buzzwords. Sure. People talk about like mental health more so. Right. And like, so like it's difficult for me to like see like you know, those inspirational quotes. I'm just like, I don't really think that you understand this. And, but it seems like you do to someone that also doesn't understand it. And more people don't understand it than do understand it. And I feel like it then self perpetuates this idea of like, well, there's a way through it and it's through memes and like, and it's not. And so it's, it's bothersome. Like when I see things and I realize like, you know, this is where we get into that kind of self self analysis is like, why do I care? And A, I care because I don't like those things in well, general. Well, you don't like regard- misinformation in general. Yeah, You're a big, like, you don't like that. Yeah. I don't I don't care for that type of uh, herd mentality. People who say herd mentality are fucking like atheist 14-year-olds that just discovered that they can be an atheist out loud. Oh, I don't follow the herd. But that, like, I don't like that type of herd mentality. Uh, but also, like, the... <laughs> depression is my thing. (laughs) Well, it's something that that I've dealt with. I understand this. I get to talk about it and think about it. 
not you. Yeah, Instagram. well, that would not only Instagram, but also you, Kelsey Krasnogor, because that was something that we realized while in the car in Portland was I hadn't thought of that and hadn't even entertained the idea. And like I jokingly then afterwards was like, Telling our friend, like, oh, Ian's accusing me of being a mental illness tourist or mental health tourist or whatever. Back up because that, those are the words that I used. (laughs) 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 But there's a very, like, the way that we got to those words. Absolutely. I'm not, I I, I prefaced all that with I joked that. I made it sound worse than it was just for the sake of the joke with our friend. Yeah, I didn't like call you a fucking tourist when you asked me about depression. No, but it was interesting to me to find out that there was a degree of that, of like, yeah, I recognize that you, Kelsey, feel sad right now and like your life, you're dealing with something, but like this is my thing and what you're dealing with is... Yeah, and it, and it's not to say that it can't be your thing too. Like you I can, don't need it. To like, be I mean, if you thing. you can get depressed more, but no, like it's hobbies like, include right. It's like I'm I'm looking at like our our Peloton right now, sponsored by, uh, in your dreams. Yeah, it's like if someone has been a cyclist their entire life and like they're just constantly like working towards it, making strides. They like understand what's happening in the in the cycling landscape and like it is a part of who they are and then someone else comes in hot and like they're like super into cycling and like they're like wanting to experience it and wanting to do it and like there's a degree of like okay slow down because you don't know what you're talking about. like it's cool that you're into this and like you should definitely learn more and like get into it and like experience more and stuff but like you're not a cyclist yet you are a cycling enthusiast i like how you're like i know you're excited about this i'm like yeah. no i w- i would have gladly not had depression right, but that's, if but, i could but, choose but that's that's the feeling for me where it's sure, like sure uh, like so like i when i brought up the term like mental health tourist it's like at some point this sense of everyone has to be okay with mental health and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to cry and it's okay to be depressed and like we're going to move on to the next thing that it's okay to be or whatever uh and then like a lot of that will die down but like right now it just feels like so much of it is just like well now i guess now that it's okay to be depressed everyone who's ever been sad is saying that they're depressed yeah i think there is a non-understanding of the difference because i also think that there's like a generational sadness that we're experiencing like people our age in the way of the world but that's not to say we're all depressed. It's just like there's a lot of shitty things happening. Sure. But depression is an easy word to then point to and be like, oh, I'm feeling this. Yeah. But I, I get it's like it's like I also think well, I think two things. One, I think when you said the tourist thing, it was it was interesting because like it's funny, like on one hand, I was like, oh, we're sharing this experience together. But like I am a tourist in the sense that I do hope I leave it at some point. Right? And you're in this land forever. And ever? But do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that was a thing we discussed where, like, I think that's where some of the frustration came from. Subconsciously, maybe, even, of just, like, well, you are going to maybe leave this, and I am with this forever. 
oh no, get away from it. Don't have this. Abandon I don't want it. it. I, I don't want you to have this. Like I know, I'm but I'm just saying like upset at the idea of like you not experiencing being depressed anymore. With okay. me. I'm like I'm not upset at all. I'm just defense I like protective of yeah, when you say like depression as an identity, like I don't identify like I'm not gonna go on any depressed marches. No, I know you're not like dep- you don't you don't lead with it. You're not depression forward. Right, yeah. Like it's just it's for me it's again, it's a very like it is just a part of who or what I am. So it's like in the same way that like I don't identify as a person with brown eyes, like I just am a person and I have brown eyes. Right. So like I but it's still like a very significant part of me and I feel like Absolutely. I feel like it the oversaturation of giving a shit about it invalidates my experience with it hmm. because it becomes like the more that people have quote depression or the more that people are quote you know like have mental health concerns or problems or whatever the less attention will get paid to people that have to people you know selfishly me but unselfishly like other people who like actually have it yeah, much no, worse that makes sense but i could be completely wrong because this like you know uptrend of people having depression might make it so that it's so normal that people like who have like serious issues like that becomes more available to them so it might you know it might not be a bad thing it's like uh crossfit and weightlifting like at the beginning when weightlifters see like crossfit people doing like clean and jerks and stuff and you're like what the fuck is like that's not how you do and there's just like so much wrong with how this is programmed but like weightlifting is seeing a huge fucking boom in membership now and it's due to the wonkiness of that like the wonky weightlifting that crossfit gave so like maybe there's value in like okay sure if all of these people are going to talk about how they're sad and that means that they are depressed and that means that they're mental health warriors or whatever like and then you i might hate reap it. benefits from it though i might of like more resources yeah, or more yeah that i'll I will refuse say, to use but it's good to know that they're <laughs> well, there i actually wanted to say on the flip side and i don't know that we've it's discussed called on this, the flippity floppity on the flippity floppity i actually think that i didn't want to say that i had depression and didn't want to label it or talk about it with anyone because I knew what your experiences had been. Mm -hmm. And I did feel like, well, that's Ian's thing. So who am I to feel that, or not even Ian's thing, but like Ian deals with this has been like diagnosed. Like it is, you know, been with him for his life. Like who am I to think that I'm experiencing something like that? And you know, like we make, like, do you remember when I got like, when we were first dating and I worked at Verve and I got the burn, like a coworker spilled all that hot water on me. Yes. Yes. And you drove me to the hospital. Yes. And we were in the ER. And that's when we fell in love. We fell in love maybe before then. And it was seeing you in the emergency room. That is really what did, did it for you? Me. Okay. Yeah. But they, I was in the ER and I was waiting to be seen. And I was in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. But they asked me mm-hmm. like, what's your pain level one to 10? And my thought process was like, well, I imagine giving birth is a 10. So who am I to infringe on nine or 10? Like, I will just say like six or seven, even though it was like a nine. Yeah, I was in extreme pain. 
And then yeah. at a certain point, you were like, Kelsey, you were it, like, tell them you were in pain because that they had made me wait for a long time because I hadn't said that. Right. There were other people in the ER. And so, similar to that, like, I think I really was hesitant to talk to you about it or to talk to someone else about it or even to realize in a sense that I was dealing with something that I hadn't dealt with before. Yeah. Because I felt trepidatious of like, I know that Ian, like that exact thing, like who am I to think that I have this and is Ian going to be upset? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry that... I, it's not like I'm I, not trying to be like you owe me an apology and like this oh, is well, all your I take fault. It back. <laughs> no, but I can look back now and realize that. And like I remember having certain things of being or certain like moments where I was like, I feel really, really sad and unstable. But like maybe it's just like this work day or like you know this thing. And like I just was really hesitant to like figure out what it was. Because of that, like because of your relationship to depression. And as you mentioned earlier, like our relationship dynamics, right? Like you are, you are a sad boy and I am. I even have a shirt. You do. And I am, I wouldn't say happy girl, but like, I'm not all the time sad. Yeah. You're (laughs) normally adjusted girl. Sure. And that was challenging, I Mm -hmm. think. And I think for me, it also felt hard because I I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think usually in the relationship, like I'm the more overly communicative one. Would you agree with that? Oh, this is part of the joke. He's smiling with like the biggest smirk of like, do you get my joke? Um, (laughs) But right. Yeah. And that was really challenging, I felt, when I was in my lowest parts because I really wanted to isolate and I didn't want to talk to anyone, mm-hmm. especially the ones who I most love and am closest to. And that really challenged our relationship, I think, because I am usually that initiator and instigator. Sure. I don't know if you felt that. I feel like since that point, you've developed a lot more, not developed, but like our dynamic has changed. Like even like think about over the holiday break where like we were dealing with a different family thing and you were the one pointing out stuff for me. And like your emotional intelligence, or I don't know if that's the right word, but like your approach had differed. Or like, what would you say? I... I think that because of who I am and and my stuff, uh, I, when you want to isolate and be alone and cocoon and not talk to anyone, like my reaction is like, okay, go for it. You need it right now. And, 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 and then when you're ready, you'll talk or if, you don't talk for a while then i'll make you be i'll do what i can to make you be ready or whatever but like so like you i feel like you know tell me if i'm if i'm taking a few too many um leaps here but like i feel like that that you're feeling like there was a change in the dynamic of our relationship has to also do with like it's a change in the dynamic of how you perceive yourself and then 
your relation, your, you know, relationship of your perception of yourself and how you perceive yourself in the greater world is now changing. And like, what does that mean for us, the person who's like the closest to you? So like for me, again, it's like, yeah, sometimes you'll feel differently. So that's okay. You're still at the core of the same person. And I think that for you, like you were doing things that you are foreign to you or for reasons that are foreign to you. And like, what does that mean in terms of like who you are now? And then as far as like, is that, well, actually on that, like, was that, I mean, that's interesting. It's not something I thought of. What do you, can you elaborate on? I don't know if I fully understand or grasp the idea of like my perception of myself had changed or like my relationship to my perception. Like, what do you mean by that? You. If you have an idea of like the type of person, this is like, we talked about this, uh, I guess, tangentially related. Uh, the idea of like you have an idea of what the world is and like who you are in the world and when someone challenges or something challenges like what you believe the world to be you not you one fights to try to get back to that perception of what the world should be and then they're really mean when they play Monopoly is this about my brother? <laughs> <laughs> but what is so what I'm saying, like, I think that as that like relates to you, um, you have this idea of like whatever your idea of like who who you are in the world and like the changes that you went through, or, like the things that had uh, yeah, the things that changed like as you became more depressed and like explored this more, I think are at odds with that person that you think that you are. And so I think that's causing stressor or that's like maybe like where you're getting this idea of like, you know, it puts stress on the relationship because like you're, you are seeing yourself as a different person maybe, or maybe you're trying to reconcile the fact that you are becoming a different person with like, the world around you or i'm completely talking out of my ass because again not a medical professional and no, I maybe think that's all really interesting maybe we were having a you know a stressful point and i'm just lack the emotional intelligence that we're to having, like see that we that were having too. a stressful point i guess what i'm trying to say is just i think that we took on different roles that weren't that we hadn't had previously yeah because normally you're like the nurturer nurturer and then in this situation i became the opposite of that the yeah. nurtured? No, just the um No, no you kidding. did you did nurturing. No, I'm very good. You did nurturing and you also did more Yeah, like I don't know, you've just gotten to a place I think now where you will hear things out in a different analytical way, like I love you and I'm I hope this isn't offensive, but like before you're analyzing oh, Just stop before you get to the butt <laughs> part. No, but sometimes before you're analyzing was like condescending, right? Like you are the smartest in the room, so you know, and this is the black and white version. And now it's a little bit more like you're in it with me and we're exploring this gray area together and you're trying to help figure things out. And like, this is my perspective, but that's just like my perspective and like 
you know, from my view. And so it was a little bit more of like you trying to like figure things out and help me figure things out as opposed to like, hey, I figured this out three years ago. Let me now inform you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I learned how to change the pitch of my voice when I'm I think I'm that was also things. very helpful. No, but I think before, I don't know that you would have even felt the need to point certain things out. Right? Or, like, when I, I, like, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, like, I don't think that that's really... But it's not just that. There have been other instances, too, where I've talked to you about, like, stuff that's going on with other family stuff or, like, life or work. And I don't know. It just feels like the way you discuss it is very different from, like, the earlier stages of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm, like, you know... Without even trying, oh my god, just I don't want to hear developed what you're such say. a level of emotional <laughs> maturity that you know I can take other people's problems and just so perfectly empathize with them that I can see, truly this is see what it, it from was their perspective. The this is what I don't need. Um, no, but to, to seriously, all of that is true. Uh, no, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I was given an award <laughs> <yeah>. by. <laughs> Uh, but no, like, I don't, I don't, you know, frog in the water thing. Like, if I have changed, maybe I haven't noticed it or noticed it as, as well as you have. Um, but, like, I think that I would always have had those conversations with you. I, yeah. Be- but I think that the difference, because, like, they don't have to do with me and it's fine. I, it's like, and that's, that's really, like, I can talk about other people's sadness, like, as much as you want because I don't have to experience it for myself or like, you know, analyze yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I think the difference that I can see, I guess, is that like maybe in the past I wouldn't have presumed to have been able to tell you my opinions on those things. Like, I think that there was a period of time where if I wanted to talk to you, would be like, Hey, can I give you this advice? And you would say like, I don't know. And I'd say, well, okay. I don't feel like that ever happened. Yeah. Like, in so much as, like, you know, sometimes you don't want advice and, like, you don't want, huh. like, sometimes you just wanted to be heard. And that's totally fine. And so I think that, like. I don't know. I think your emotional intelligence did increase. Like, your understanding or awareness. I'm like the emotional more. Grinch. And your heart grew your emotional intelligence grew four sizes. My emotional brain grew four I'm sizes. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um, VE smart. So do you have any, like, things you'd want to talk about or any questions? No. Not a one. What, for you? Sure. I mean, what city were you born in? <laughs> no, Ian. What's your favorite number? No, Ian. I mean, it's 12. He learned that like two hours ago. And so look that's... at how well I have committed that <laughs> to memory. Look at me exercise that knowledge yeah. in front of you on this recorded stage. Um, What do you think your future with this is? What's this? This relationship. Uh, <laughs> no, what do you like? Do you think you are, Do you, are you seeing, like, the progress in your mental health, 
that you are expecting to see. Like, not to say that, like, your goal should be... Perfection. Right, or, like, you know, your goal should be getting off medication in the sense of, like, medication's, like, bad. Because it's not, again, trying to get on it. (laughs) Trying real hard to get on the medication. I got a Skype meeting with a therapist (laughs) that I planned to spend 15 minutes just saying, you know, I don't need to go in. (laughs) Just look at my medical (laughs) records it says it right there should be on it. Um, but like, do you think that like you are going, like you are getting through this or do you think this is, you know, a, who you are or like a part of your, am I saying this in a way that doesn't make it sound like you should be trying to do one of these two things? <laughs> um, I think I hear what you're saying. Like, What's your five year? Where where do you see your depression in five years? I mean, looking for a great school, obviously, for it to get into. Yeah, right. Um, I think it will do better with the smaller teacher to student ratio. Um, That's good. No, keep going. No, I'm good. Uh, That's all I got for school jokes. Um, No, I think that's a good question. I mean... I'm actually supposed to have a, I have an appointment with my doctor in like a few weeks because I think every X amount of weeks you're supposed to check in of like, you know, is the dosage level right? Like, do we need to up it? Do we need to lower it? Like, are we good? Like, that sort of thing. And I remember asking in my previous, like, you know, as the doctor, like, is there a goal? Like, is there a goal to, and again, I don't think medication is bad, but like, is that are we trying to work towards me getting off? Or are we tr- are we just like this is now just a part of my life? Yeah, like is what the medication supporting your not recovery, but just your progress or sure. is medication the solution to sure? The and problem? I think something that we identified was like, and I said to her was like whether or not I always am on this medication. Like for me, it's been really helpful with the anxiety and I would like to continue to take something that helps with that because I didn't realize how limiting that had been in my life or how um, like negative my thinking can be or like my mm-hmm. feedback loop, I think is something you said before. Like I, yeah, I just didn't realize what it was. And so it's been helpful to kind of have like this. It's not a barrier, but it's almost like I get to look at it from a distance and I can kind of turn things over and like examine it a little bit more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm, I don't, again, like it's a weird thing. Like I'm not moving towards like, you know, fixed mm-hmm. or anything like that, but I think I'm just still figuring things out. And, I think for me also the medication is really helping me to examine other parts of my life that now that I've kind of, you know, stabilized on some of the grief stuff with my mom, like there's other things in my life I can look at that are challenging in the way you said, like challenge my perceptions of how I see myself or how I view myself in the world. Um, and it's helpful to like go through that. But yeah, I don't know. It's funny because to go back to like our earlier conversation of like when I got on the medication, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like this is helping me. And then I was like, and then I started doing the exact same thing to you that I did when we first started dating where I'm like, Ian, why don't you go on medication? Like, why don't you do this? And it's like, 
that was a thing I had to like remind myself or relearn that again, like just because it's helpful to me doesn't mean that's the right thing for you and doesn't mean I can push you to like do anything. Right. For that. I don't know. I don't know if I explained any of this well or answered your question, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. I think you did. Okay, great. Cat thinks you did. <laughs> Thank you, Cat. Katie. Cat is also a sad boy. We is think. he? No, he's fine. He's fine. Um, he's well adjusted. Yeah. Um, any other questions, final thoughts? Was this as painful as you thought it'd be? Genuine question. Uh no. Was any of it enjoyable? When Not I got that you can experience joy, but Right. I think the faces that I see on um <laughs> Happy? Yeah, I think people listening to this are making faces that my therapist says is content. (laughs) You don't even get to use the phrase my therapist. How dare you? Uh, (laughs) um, What was the question? Was this as painful as you thought it would be? Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, I think my favorite part was where I got to um, really express and explain my own personal take on depression with just a comedic twist. (laughs) Did you enjoy any of this discussion? Or did you learn anything in this discussion that you didn't know before? Yeah. Uh, Apparently I got to be more perceptive of you. That's not what I'm trying to say. No, I mean like when it's you. It's a genuine question. Yeah, no, I, I mean, mean that's that's the that's a, that's my genuine answer. Like when you said, you know, like we had a moment or a period of time in the relationship where you were like, yeah, going back to you, you know, isolating and, and feeling like <sighs> problems, quote unquote, or I don't know what the whatever the lowest grade of issues is, uh, but like. It's something that I wouldn't, uh, I, I couldn't, or I wasn't able to pick up on unassisted. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something I should work on. Yeah, I mean, conversation for another day, but as we both know, our love languages are very different. So yeah, that's always a challenge for us. Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. Well, thank you for <coughs> joining me. I appreciate you. And yeah. I thank you for getting Volney. Yeah. Hashtag get Volney. And um, I say we blame both of our problems on your mom. That's what the takeaway was. I think so. I yeah. think so, too. I think it's all her fault. I think so, too. Um, categories. No, uh, thank you genuinely for being on, for allowing me to do this. I know you weren't sure what it would be, and nor was I, but... Um, I don't know. I liked it and I learned some stuff. So thank you. I love you. I love you too. Okay. And I love you audience who's listening to this. Ian, don't. (laughs) Uh, This is not your thing. What do you mean it's not my thing? Do you want to like close this out with uh, if you're feeling depressed, there are resources that can help you. I would be happy for you to do that. Uh, We should have pulled that up before. Are you doing that right now? Yeah. I mean, we'll do a... You'll edit? Edit that. Okay, great. Uh, So, hold on. Uh, Goodbye.
Thanks again for listening. We so appreciate it. Uh, We just want to reiterate, if you or someone you know are dealing with suicidal thoughts or tendencies, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. They are available 24 hours a day, every day.